Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. Yes, indeedy. The hack is back. He's jacked. Oh, yeah, he's jacked. Why am I jacked? I have no idea. Maybe it's the lack of sleep that I'm jacked with. But I'm here. Oh, my glory. And so is the deer slayer, who's also been absent for at least a week or more. If we Yes, indeed. Again, of course, we don't count those days when he's here, but he's not here. Those really add up. Oh, I got what you're saying. You're insulting Duh. me. It only took 10 seconds of the show. I'm not seeing a trophy on the wall anywhere here in the studio, so shouldn't we have something to mount? Uh, I, I had on? a buddy of mine come uh, pick it up. He's got to do whatever the what? process is. What, what uh, are we picking up? It's head. <laughs> so you how, how sh- in a box. <laughs> you shot a Bambi. You shot a Bambi. I, I shot a buck, indeed, an eight point. I, I sent a uh, sent a tweet in right when I found it. Now uh, eight point would be where on the yeah, scale of from low to man, this thing is the greatest thing ever. Uh, well, it it all depends because you can have a really large eight point, or in my case, uh, you know, a solid eight point, not not a huge one. Um, I don't know. I have a buddy that shot like an eleven point, which is bigger but it was a you know the antlers were huge i mean just mm. otherworldly mine were I, I i go hunting in the up where the winters are tough and there's actual wolf populations like it's pretty what hard did you for deer an, to get you big. got an eight point yep my uncle got that, a nine yeah that almost matched the badgers in the second half they had a 17 <laughs> point oh yeah very close uh, we I, need I'm, a rim shot there for that i'm really oh, encouraged geez. by this this headline nine day deer hunt was safe no young hunters are hurt in incidents oh, so thank goodness i thought i saw something sound. like three people died in wisconsin no hopefully not Hopefully not. No, it's, it's the, here. It's safe. Okay. And the points, again, are just... That's yeah, about young people, though, right? I don't know all this stuff. The points are just the number of points on the antlers. that it? Uh, yeah. So each each kind of antler tine is a point. Okay. Uh, you have to be able... To, I think the rule is you have to be able to basically put a ring around it, and it still shows up through it. And what's the... You said 11 was on the larger... and Or what's the largest you've seen or heard somebody get? I mean, people shoot 14 points, 16 points, but again, like the points are one thing. It's more about what the actual size of the antlers. What did are. you get again? I got an eight point. That was almost as many as the Badgers had in the first half. That's oh. <laughs> oh, not a rim shot. I already played the rim shot. I got the rim shot. I mixed it up. But the rim shot was so late the first time around. Oh, okay. I okay. Uh, for the re- for the record, the 2017 gun season is the seventh. 
without a shooting fatality yeah. since the state began keeping detailed records. Seventh? That's it? I mean, it's great. Well, I mean, that's great news, but come Let's on. establish that it was a safe deer hunt. Excellent. A nine-day deer hunt. By the way, not sure why in Wisconsin it's nine days. In Michigan, uh, it starts the 15th. It's still going on. It's always a 15-day hunt in Michigan, so I don't know. And do you fish, too? A little bit. Not as much. Because uh, I saw a friend put out uh, some you pictures. You take your assault of... weapons on the boat? Oh, no. Yeah, no, I really. No, I just no. shoot them into the water. Yeah, I didn't mean fish in that manner. Because does fishing season just go from whenever? I mean, you know there's an official start date, like in May, but does it just go till whenever? Because I saw people are still out fishing. Which yeah. Had to oh, be, yeah. You can fish nice now. So I, my, my favorite type of fishing, or fishing is ice fishing, to be well, honest. Well, I know that was a, a whole different thing, but it's like, well, then why do we actually have a start date? Because can't you just keep fishing forever? I mean, if you can claim you can ice fish, that's pretty much... We take reason, one ma- month break in the spring or something? Look, I don't want to get too political here, but the reason there's a start date is so they can keep making money on new fishing licenses every year. Uh, Otherwise, oh, you could just buy a lifetime oh, pass. Wow. That's your political fishing statement for the month. Everybody knows it's true. Over there, there's our, right. out, there's wow. our outdoor report for the year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So you got back at what, what time did Wheels Down? I got home around... 210, 2.15. 2.10, 2.15 our time. And the game didn't start till 9 o'clock Eastern. 9 Eastern. o'clock in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I, I said to you that the one of the thoughts that kept going through my head was that this late tip is I was fighting staying awake, watching it on the couch in the comfort of my living room. Man, these guys got to go to class tomorrow. And it's about the student athlete. Who are we kidding? That's a joke. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, I overheard a couple of players talking about, well, what time you got to get up? What time's your first class? And one kid was really happy because his class, his first class, wasn't until around 10. So he figures he'd get some sleep in before going to class because that's what you do around here. Now, this game was not at all a surprise to anyone who saw these two teams play in 2013. I mean, the score was, the total points was the same. In 2013, it was 48-38 Wisconsin, all right? Um, that year, it was Virginia that couldn't hit anything from three, one of 11 from beyond the arc. But consider this star power. All right, the final score was 48-38. The Badgers had Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky, Ben Brust, Trayvon Jackson, Josh Gosser coming off the bench, Nigel Hayes and Bronson Caney, okay? That was Wisconsin's lineup. Virginia had Anthony Gill, Akil Mitchell, Joe Harris, Malcolm Brogdon, London Perantes, Justin Anderson, Mike Toby coming off the bench. We're talking some of the best players to have ever played at their respective schools. And they went through a mud wrestling contest, a 48-38 mud wrestling contest. So we definitely expected some of the same stuff last night, and we got it. How much, uh, from the Badgers' perspective, their low offensive output total last night, do you put on credit for Virginia's great defense, and how much uh, poor execution, missed open shots, whatever you want to put it on Badgers' offense? Missed a lot of shots, but they're playing with a whole different I just gave you those names for a purpose. Right. Now, you heard what I just I went. I, you heard the roll call, right? Yep. For Wisconsin, and now you're trying to trying to win with four freshmen at one time on the floor, including one redshirt freshman. That's a big difference. For the first time this year, Brad Davison looked like a freshman. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, took a nasty fall in the second half. Shoulder came out. Was popped back in. I have a I have a little audio clip of that oh uh, from last Go night. Ahead. This is actually of you. Brad went back, rubbed a little dirt on it, and he's yep. coming back in. Yep, popped it back in and spit on it, and you're ready to go, son. 
That's it. Yeah, that's I just thought that was good. Medical oh, expertise brought to you by. Uh, so no, look at the look at the difference in the personnel that Wisconsin was trying to win with last night with the with the three true freshmen who all now are playing. Nate Reavers is now part of the rotation along with Kobe King and Brad Davidson, the aforementioned Davidson, um, and then Aleem Ford. They just they didn't play a very they they didn't play well. Period. Now, Virginia didn't even attempt a free throw. That was amazing to me. I mean, I mean, it didn't occur to me during the game, but then I was, I was reading stuff. That's right. They didn't go to the free throw <laughs> on a single free throw time. That's unbelievable. Two teams who are playing hard defense. It's not like they're just going ole as guys are going no, by. No, and Virginia shot 38%, and that normally wouldn't be good enough to win most games. But Wisconsin sure. shot 31% and turned it over 14 times and gave up 14 offensive rebounds. So it all factored into it. Badgers never had the lead. Um, this was the fourth straight match or fourth nationally ranked opponent out of five games that the Badgers have faced and failed to come up with a win. There were a couple of times in the first half where I remember the observation kind of going through my head where uh, when Virginia was scoring some points, which there weren't, I, I, I didn't want to say a run there or a spurt. There, there wasn't there a any, flurry of points, right, no. Right, because it's unfair to say a spurt or a run. But where it's seeming it seemed to get into the lane there rather easily or easier than you would have expected where they got some of their points and they got some points in the paint uh, where the Badgers... 34-18 in the yeah, paint. You mentioned uh, Reavers where there were a couple of times where he's done some nice things but then just like not been able to finish. He's you know been in he around the rim. Yeah. He's a baby giraffe. <laughs> he is kind of a baby giraffe. Yeah, he's just learning how to walk. He is a tall drink of water and very thin. Uh, uh, you can see that he looks young. He is, and I, you know, I talked with him in the team hotel yesterday afternoon for a story I'm doing on him, and he understands his limitations right now, but mm-hmm. he, but he wants to play, and he feels like he'll get better through playing and not sitting and taking the red shirt this year. Mm-hmm. He has some skill. Um, he has to get more physical, and sometimes physicality is not just what you think it is. It's a part of a mindset as well, and how you handle contact and how you handle what you saw last night. I mean, it, it, you could tell, you could just see it on the faces of some of those freshmen. When they got knocked around a little bit, they would no whistle and whoa! Right, right. You got you got to brace yourself. You got to come back after it. And then they, I thought they adapted okay. They just didn't shoot the ball well as a team. Reavers, uh, fifteen minutes last night, oh four. He still hadn't scored. The field, two yeah. games he's played, <laughs> and he's had some shots. He's yeah, had some looks too. How much though of this though? Reavers playing is. Not really about him, but about the fact the Both. Van Vliet, the Charlie Thompson, you know, at, whoever they can't get production out of that. You got the box score in front yeah, of you? Yeah. Look at the junior class. They scored as many points collectively as you did. And uh, I couldn't score. Right? Yes. I, I was unable to get off the bench last night. No doubt about it. I mean, it. I, I'm not trying to point a finger at anybody, but they didn't score. I mean, you, you, you had Pritzel, who had a good game the, night, the previous game, came off the bench and gave Wisconsin a spark. Uh, didn't score. He was 0 for 3. You had Khalil Iverson, who just wasn't engaged last night. Didn't even take a shot. Played 11 minutes, didn't take a shot. Uh, yeah, he. And then you he had Charles Thomas. Free throws Tom- he missed too. Yeah. Yeah, he missed two free yep. throws. Uh, Charles Thomas played, what, five minutes? Yep. Uh, Illa Kanan didn't play. Van Vliet didn't play. Played, that's, your, yeah. that's your junior class. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of the question. I'm like, oh, the box, it's right. Van Vliet's not even on the floor. This is the guy who was starting at the and beginning. There just was not a matchup for him because no. of the, the tenacity of, of Virginia's defense and the way they played the game. More on that a little bit later. Let me give you the guest lineup because it's solid. Solid. Besides Vogel and the Deerslayer, we have. Cool with that nickname. We have Tom Silverstein of the Market Journal Sound. He'll talk about Aaron Rodgers' imminent return to the fold. Did you see those laser throws he made before the game on Sunday night? Zip, 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 zip. 
Man, he's back in mid-season form, Aaron Rodgers. They don't need yeah, him. He is. They don't need him. They may not need him. They'll still get to nine wins. <laughs> I got the path no, I don't to need- the playoffs <laughs> right here. All right, so we'll talk to Spoon at uh, 7.15. Then I'm excited about Paul Keels, the voice of the Buckeyes. He'll get us straight, give us the skinny on both football and basketball. Doubleheader Saturday, right? Ohio State here, Ohio State there. And then at 7.45, Jeff Patrikas, live from Atlanta's airport. I think. We hope. (laughs) All of that and much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. When you're at the University of Florida, you have the opportunity to hire just about anybody in the country. You're at the premier football program in America, and it shows an awful lot for the belief that he has in me and the style of football program that I run. My job is to turn this team into a trusting team that understands what it's all about. And then hopefully through that process of relationships and friendships, that leads to championships. And that's what this place is all about. When you combine the number one public academic school in the country with 113 national championships, there's broad brace excellence at UCLA. And I'm really, really humbled to be a part of it. The voices you just heard belong to two recently hired head coaches, not named Greg Schiano. The first was (laughs) Dan Mullen. He's a new head coach at Florida, the second. Chip Kelly, who's at UCLA. Uh, but the, the main storyline over the weekend has been the Tennessee debacle uh, in the mishandling, the mis... What would it be? Uh, mishandling's probably the good word of how Tennessee went about filling its coaching vacancy with Greg Schiano until it wasn't Greg Schiano because the backlash was too too tough, too hard to accept by the administration? Is that in a nutshell? They backed down because of the social media reaction by the millennials like the deer slayer? Dr. J got it all started. His generation? And when you say backlash, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a blogger who started it and maybe 100 to 200 people. Didn't he get involved? Clay Travis was involved. There, was uh, the White House uh, press secretary involved, uh, too? I hope not. She I was, think she was, or it was a fake account. She was too busy explaining uh, the, the Pocahontas comment from no, yesterday. No, I think that she was involved through. in the Tennessee fiasco. Oh, great. Really? Yes. Uh, we'll have to look that whole thing, I don't, I don't get. I mean, okay, so I guess he's ancillarily involved in the Jerry Sandusky <laughs> stuff. Potentially hearsay, word of mouth, blah, blah, blah. There's no proof. There's, There's no proof. Proof. That's what I'm saying. Nothing's proved. And so Tennessee and Ohio State, they both did background on this, on this very thing. Then they were satisfied with whatever they found. And then suddenly you can't deal with the backlash? I mean, Tennessee- don't you think at that point you say, you know what, fans, we're sorry, but we did the research here. We know what we're getting. Yeah. We're fine. Tennessee I don't said that. that Tennessee said it went through the normal vetting process, right? Yeah. Which makes it makes it look even worse. If you vetted this guy, found nothing wrong with Shiano, and then you backed down because of the negative response to the hiring of Shiano or poten- or potential hiring of Shiano. I don't get it. In the vetting process, I'm not even sure what, if anything, they came across that related to this Penn State thing because there was no there there. There was one person saying they thought they heard it secondhand. They just don't, a lot of people just don't like Greg Shiano because right. he was a failure in Tampa uh, with, a couple of years in the NFL and did, probably didn't impress enough people in Knoxville with his record with Rutgers. And the people in Knoxville, at least maybe some of those who uh, started this or uh, stoked the flames, wanted John Gruden 
or someone like John well, Gruden. That's a pipe dream. I get you. I hear you. But that, that, that was why. So let, let's get this guy out, and that'll make them rethink it and maybe put some more money into getting John Gruden or whoever the person might be since they're seeing Chip Kelly go here and Dan Mullen go there and all these other places where you know coaches of names of some sort as opposed to Shiano. There was sentiment in Gainesville that Dan Mullen wasn't good enough Matt. for Florida. Who was it, Mark Slaybaugh? Uh, wrote, if we've learned anything in the first couple of weeks of the coaching carousel, it's that many schools and their fans have unrealistic expectations of how good their football programs are and should be. You think? I mean, we see it all the time, whether it's college football wow. or NFL football. Fans have these things, and it's up to the powers that be to be able to see through all this and remain calm and not get caught up in a 100 kids marching on the street oh. of Knoxville in their orange and white singing Rocky Top to then it's dissuade just, them from their bizarre. decision. I mean, it, today's USA Today, Dan Wolken uh, writes a nice piece and, and quotes uh, a college coach anonymously. If you do your job and you know you're right, stand by it, the coach said. Uh, everybody's got a voice these days, and athletic directors and presidents are swayed by those outside voices, outsider voices. And he called it a clown show, what happened at Tennessee. I mean, uh, another person called it unhinged fandom masked as righteous indignation. How about that? Huh? Is that heavy? You like that one, Dr. J? It's it's solid. I'll, I'll give it that. I mean, I think this is ridiculous. Look at that. And I'm part of the generation that apparently ousted well, him. Well, no, in all fairness, it, it probably got it really nothing to me. do with your generation. It's probably middle age. Well, don't you think closer to baby boomers? I, I think who, it's just people who thought, look, there is a 0.1% chance that he may have been involved in something. Let's just completely move on. See you later. They, didn't, they didn't like the hire, period. Yeah. It's well, people like the AD or the president, at, at, at this case, Tennessee, or at other schools, people in power positions, not being able to handle it and think through it ahead of time. Come out with your statements. Be ready to attack this head on instead of always being reactive to things coming up. No, this AD's been point. on the job nine months. Now his job is on the hot seat. Because oh, of the yeah. way he handled it. It should be. Yeah, he's going to lose his job most likely because of all this. Was it worth it to not think of this ahead of time? Well, well you have to anticipate some negative feedback. No matter what you do, you're going to get that, right. right? Yeah, absolutely. But how strong of a conviction do you have in hiring so and so? Do you have a conviction? I did hear. Uh, if he has a conviction, don't hire him. It was interesting. You know what I'm saying? That's a double. Double I, meaning. I, I double got double, double That's negative. French. Double there you go. That's okay. French. Oh, French. I looked that up in my French to English yes. translation book I have over here. Uh, a national wonk yesterday talking about, well, you know, even if you don't like college football or maybe even college sports as a whole and you just follow pro, it has made college football interesting and, and uh, a very talkable oh, subject right now because of all, not just Tennessee, because of all the coaches that were changing around and going to different schools and the money being thrown around and the massive buyouts that are happening at schools to get somebody else and then the fans but with wait, their Rob, crazy there's not enough wants. money to pay any of these athletes, but there's definitely money to pay Brett Bielema $15 million. No, well, it's, it's not $15 million. It's 5.9. It's 5.9. I apologize so much for that. Uh, you're a little bit on an overbid there. Yeah, you should apologize. <laughs> oh, that's one thing I did want to ask you while you've been gone for uh, several days here, you know, off in wine country, or I mean working. I wish uh, I was in wine exactly. country. Was, what was your, your thoughts, your initial takeaway from, we, we knew that the end was probably coming for Brett Bielema. We've talked about it throughout the course of the season. That was mishandled too. But the way it was handled yeah, and such. Now, it, it, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It was initially reported that they told him on his way off the field. No, mm-hmm. I guess he was. He has a little locker or a little room office in the stadium, and that's where they told him. Okay. Come on. Couldn't they have said something to him before the game, the week of the game, saying, look, um, we want to give you an opportunity to say goodbye to your players. How do you want this announced? Do you want to wait until you know an hour or two after the game, and we'll just make that announcement? Can't you have some common courtesy or handle it professionally? Right. I can't believe it was a spur of the moment. We got to fire him now. Grab him as he's walking off the field. Right? Yeah, don't let him get back into the locker Come room. On, right? Because oh, what, we, what, did, what would it have taken to do it that way? We mentioned uh, yesterday. I'll give you another example. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but here. No. Um, you take a look at how Nebraska got rid of its coach the day after he kind of got up in front of everybody. And pleaded for his job. Yeah. No Why would you either. do that? Don't make the guy do so that. he's swinging from the tree, saying, right. "Oh, I think I still am a good fit here, Mike right. Riley." Yeah. And then I now know. you got Scott Frost coming out publicly, saying he would be hurt if Nebraska isn't interested in him. What What are they doing? How about the uh, uh, AD at Nebraska in his press conference the other day? where he's like openly courting Scott Frost, who still has a job, who still has some major things to play for with an undefeated season going right now. And I've never heard an athletic director name a name and say, yeah, we're right. interested in him, and, but we wish him well still in his current job. And Usually you just say, we're not going to talk about but people. I felt really uncomfortable listening to Mike Riley saying, I still think I'm a good fit for this program. I'd like another chance. Why wouldn't you have taken care of that prior to the game saying, you're done, Mike? He was done. When they fired Eichhorst, he right, knew it. Right. Brett was done when they fired Jeff Long, his AD. Well, wait, he so knew then, it. So then why'd Riley come out publicly? Like, if he knows he's done, I mean, it, it just it looks kind of I, petulant almost to, to come out, like, in public. I, I don't get that move. If maybe because he done, did, how else? How else could he answer the questions that were posed to him? Yeah, he was at a press conference, so it's not like he was just came out of his house and gathered. It wasn't a press release. Here's my statement. And he was asked a question. Look, so you, you, you just go with the normal coach speak. Well, you know, I just I coach players and they make decisions. What he should have done was say, "Go to, go ask the AD." Yeah, he, that's exactly my that's future's coach tied up with him. Yeah, for a guy, a, a coach who, whatever you want to say about his on-field results since he got there from uh, Oregon State, has been nothing but what everybody tells us a first-class person. His oh, yeah, players, the administrators, everybody loves him as a human being. No, so very true. So just treating him with a little respect. And this isn't a major defense of Brett because I've heard others say, well, he left in the cover of darkness in UW, and that wasn't a classic way to do it. Well, there's no great way, we, as we know, with these coaches for leaving their program and going to the next job. None of them seem to work out smoothly or cleanly. But it's still no excuse for the way the Would Arkansas management Would you agree? That was handled. poor. No, yeah, whatever you think of Brett Bielema, 
Tell him during the week, like you said. I mean, we've seen that handle, hand, happen here with other I mean, coaches. He knew, he, he's a big boy. He understood as soon as sure. Jeff Long was told, get out. My, and he was he was next. My thought yesterday, or the day when that came out, and he walked into the press conference and said, as many of you know, I'm not going to be back. How many of those reporters in that room were going, what? I'm sorry, this is official? And scrambling yeah. for their new line of questioning and what was going to happen yeah, next. Common courtesy. Dr. J. Your generation. Have you ever heard that My phrase? generation? with you. Yeah. Oh, wait. You're not in power yet. Your generation. Oh, weird. Not fully, thankfully. Hmm. Interesting how that works. Uh, hmm. Remember, we're going to be talking Packers football with Tom Silverstein, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel at 715. He'll update us on those lasers that he saw Aaron Rodgers throwing <laughs> for the game. On just Oh, man. He had his fastball. And his fastball is back. Aaron Rodgers is back. Gonna practice Saturday. What are you gonna say then, Brad Vogel? I'm gonna say your road is getting your path yeah. is getting a little full of obstacles. We'll see. Uh, we also have to update you on Harry and Megan. Who am I talking about, Rob? You're our social Prince Harry editor. Prince Harry, you know me. I'm all things and some chick celebrity named relationships. Megan. Well, yeah, I ask some chick named Megan. No, I, I learned an interesting nugget that I'll say for you about that. Right, I read some of that wait. stuff yesterday. Yeah. I'll give you an early preview on the Badgers and Buckeyes. Next, Lucas in the Morning. Um, I mean, not really. You know, it's, it's a completely different you know situation. I mean, it's still sticks with you, obviously. Um, but, it, you know, we don't really carry much of that going into the game just because, you know, playing Ohio State, a uh, completely different opponent, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a different time. T.J. Edwards, first team all Big Ten. If he's not, there should be an investigation. I'll get there before Urban Meyer does. There should be an investigation. Uh, welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Vogel, Dr. J. Uh, what did you make of the cameraman? Trying to take out poor little JT Barrett before the game. News reports indicate could have been Rob Vogel and his cameraman back oh, in the day yeah. pulling a similar stunt on the sidelines of an opponent. Well, I wasn't surprised because those sidelines can get crowded. And depending, you've been to Iowa many times. Well, there's no room there's between the no stands and Kinnick. the boundary. Yeah, as you're trying to go from one end zone to the other when the game goes down to the other end. You're bumping fans. You're bumping guys riding bikes on the sidelines. You're bumping into coaches. So it's not an easy thing. So I don't know about the for, sidelines. For the Michigan. uninitiated, what happens, you get a lot of boosters down there yes. along with camera people. Yes. And it does get crowded. It really does get crowded. Uh, TMZ, this is where we are as a society. TMZ now reporting on the JT Barrett pregame incident right have you right. called have you called it up i yet? haven't seen their video i'm gonna have to do that right now the, oh they see. don't have the actual video of anything or anybody banging into old jt barrett any collision but then they have him arrowed as as he's limping away so they just took uh -huh. pictures of him from afar congratulations cmc well, you well, nailed some, it. it was someone used their camera phone on it and now they've got a description of, of a would-be assailant uh. <laughs> they do it's this TMC. Is, this is my problem with this whole thing. Is it like Urban Meyer from immediately oh, jumping out and demanding an investigation made it seem like this was some sort of like Tanya Harding hit job or something? Yeah, like take his knees out before was the it, big game. Was it Zagru Zabruder? Yeah, Zabruder. Yeah, Zabruder film. Zabruder yeah. film. Yeah. This yeah. is what it's all about. That's right? not my generation, and I know what that is. Zabruder, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That's Gray, the other, black, and white. Uh, other thing, as you mentioned, he wants to investigate. Yes, there are a lot of camera people, media people down there. But the thing that really fills up the sidelines are all the, uh, whatever you want to call them, hangers on, people slightly connected to the program through major financial donations oh, yeah. or whatever that have been given passes to be on the sidelines. 
they're all over the place. And those are the people who have the access right by the bench. As photographers, you're only allowed like the 20-yard line towards the end and zone. And I don't get it either because it's the worst seat in the house. Or you're not even seated. It's it's the worst sight line in the house, the sidelines. Yeah, it, it is. You're, a, you're blocked most of the time. You and you're, you're limited view. And if you're on one side of the bench or the other. You're, you're restricted the to a certain reason, area of the field. The only reason you'd want to go down there is to take a selfie and say, look, where are you? Pretty much. That too. That's uh, it. Although the one thing or I, to take out the quarterback yeah, with, with your camera pad. The one thing I did like about it, uh, wouldn't be down there every game, but you have the press box. Who's that big fat dope who did it oh, to no. the figure skater? Well, Galuli? Uh, Galuli, yeah, Galuli. Yeah. What a great name. I bet Galuli. he was involved in this. <laughs> Galuli. Um, is that you get a sense when you're standing down there because you don't get it from TV as much or press box. The size and speed with which everything oh, yeah. happens. Everything looks easy. The energy receivers of the look game. wide open. No, Absolutely. The yeah. And the hits, you know, the, the fury that's played with down there, you get at least that respect for it. You're, you need to be reminded of that from time to time. I think every. So you, haven't, you, you haven't found no, the TMZ? No. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm on TMZ's site. Here it is. JT. Read the description because they, they, they also file a description of, of the potential assailant. Limping away. There's a, a shot from behind and some video. You can see JT Barrett from behind on the sideline limping. Just an arrow pointing to him. Shot seconds after a photographer collided with the quarterback on Saturday. You can see him limping away in pain. The person who shot the video has great seats there. They're right in the front row there as he warmed up in the early minutes of the game. The witness says he didn't record the collision but managed to capture the direct aftermath and you can see him limping. Did he, didn't so. he give a description of the, of the I'll uh, see that. I also the play on the video here. Barrett? Let's see what happens on the video. If it plays a pop-up ad, I'll keep looking down. Urban Meyer has put out an all-points bulletin trying to oh. find the perpetrator, obviously. All-out investigation, he says, quote. He could um, be such a tool. But later Man. walked that back, saying the program's just trying to find out what happened. Because they don't. They realize you're going to destroy a human being's life who was involved in an accident here, maybe through no fault of their yeah, own. They, well, you know, looking for new twists. That was a new twist to the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. I don't know if you uh, saw, you know, Cardale Jones was on the sidelines at the game. Uh, the former Ohio State quarterback who came in and beat the Badgers in the Big Ten Speaking Championship. Speaking of big, I do fat remember. Right, okay. Who once it's subbed not a in for, fat dope. He once subbed in for it's JT Barrett. some cheeks. He tweeted out yesterday a picture, and I thought this was a funny joke. He said, just learned that Ohio State has a new quarterback for the championship game. And it was like he switched his With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Letters of his name around, but still you could tell it was Cardell. It was a, a headshot of him, but he painted a mustache on it and gave him like a different hat or something like that. This guy would be what a witty guy. Country. I thought it was funny. It was a little cute, little clever moment. TMZ's video is not playing here. I'm trying such to get a to play. swell fella. But Rob, yeah. nobody goes to school for oh, school to go for school. Don't go right. to school right. for school. <laughs> All right, I'm now getting it. Yeah, you know what? There's also. Uh, servicemen and women down on the sidelines walking past him. So we got to really the be careful. The description fit Dr. J. That's why I want you to find it. Uh, all right. We'll come back. Balls. He looks fine here. We'll come back with that more. Plus your update on Harry and Megan. We yeah, get to that. and I've got Lucas in the morning uh, rankings for you as well. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Our last that was, poll. A, that was one of the best things about not being here. Our I last poll. Listen to that crapology. <laughs> all right. All of that more next. Lucas in the morning.
They're a group that they like playing this game, and uh, they're doing everything they can to try to get better each day. And then when opportunities come their way, you know, they'll go compete. It's certainly going to be, you know, tested in a different way this week. But they've uh, they've been they've been a good group to be around, and just you like the way they approach each day. Paul, Chris. Successful press conference for Paul on Monday. Didn't answer anybody's question. Um, and did a really good job in doing so. Uh, oh someone's got to put a watch on Paul as soon as Brian Lucas says, any more questions? Paul's gone. Oh, he's gone. You Before he can get it no out of his way. mouth. Yeah. Paul's like, go ahead and say thank you, Mike. Mike. See you later. <laughs> he's Mike, 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 Mike. No, no, we don't have any more. No, go on. Go on. Out of there. <laughs> See you later. Bye. You mentioned successful not saying anything. It brings a question I got that came to my mind when listening to it yesterday. He and the, he's not the only coach that's done this, and I know we've all covered coaches that do this. I, and I can't figure out why they can't bring themselves to. He was asked a question. I believe it was about Danny Davis, uh, about the success that he's had and what he's been able to do, especially as of late, uh, for the receiving core and for the for the team. Specifically about this one guy, Paul's answer at no point addresses Davis, mentions Davis. He talks about the entire receiving core and what they've done. Uh, they've been great, blah, 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 looking forward to the future. Nothing talks about Davis. Like, you can't even give a guy one individual shout-out. But if you ask him, and same with these other coaches, a question about a specific player on the other team, they will talk about that player on the other team, but almost refuse to about their own guy. And then, to even make it more infuriating in some sense, if you ask another question later in the press conference that, I don't know, might be about the receiving core, or at least is on the fringes of that subject, in that answer will be your answer well, five see, questions ago about Davis. He's challenging you <laughs> to do your homework and your work. No, I mean, okay, he's challenging editing. you to pay attention and listen because yes. you've got to find your answer later. Bo used to be the king of doing that, and Paul is certainly crafting his own edge at being okay. able to do that. I got a question for you guys as the young buck here. You guys are the experienced veterans. Why, we, why does everything have to be about shooting Yeah, deer? buck I, again. Here we go. I'm just trying to drop that I had a great successful hunting season. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay, uh, right. no, okay look. I don't, for the life of me, understand why coaches are so scared to answer questions like this. This is like if you're asking about Danny Davis, if you're asking about Danny Davis, you're not exactly giving away game plan to the opposing team. It's not a matter of being scared. Well, then why not just answer the damn question? Well, they just don't like the exercise. Let's put it that way. Well, then what are we doing here? Well, they also feel, and this goes with other questions about other subjects, they feel that their answers are not talking to you, the assembled media, or even to you, the fans. That these answers are going out there to those kids, to their players, to their team. You know, okay, whoever. then say that he's done so, a great job. No, 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 no. What they don't want is they don't want them content. They don't want them feeling satisfied. Okay. They don't want in oh, any way to feel like they're praising them. I don't think okay. that's Paul's That motive. might be fair. Paul just then, doesn't like doing this stuff. But I'm saying, but then just come out, then say, hey, look, he's uh, he's come a long way. He's done a lot of effort, but he can't stop now. You know, he can't build He can't build into the hype. Oh, can't that's, stop you can, boom. now? Yeah. Why don't you leave? Yeah. Why don't you become a, a, a writer, a script writer for these guys? You know? I could. Yeah, yeah, coach sure speak could. is the easiest thing in the world. All right, so I know they don't like the exercise. I'll tell you one but thing. You still answer the question. Uh, after Saturday's game in Minneapolis, your guy, Mister Elite himself, had very little to say. Oh, I'll bet. Very little to say. And the following day, his quarterback said goodbye. See ya. Croft transfers. He took his oar out How of the boat. How about that? He's no longer rowing with Goodness. him. Goodness. That was, I, I tweeted this out. It was the most uneventful Minnesota-Wisconsin game I've ever seen, simply because the Badgers were that dominant. And, and the yeah. Gophers did not put up a fight. They there didn't. Nothing. They didn't. No. 
It looked like Don Morton coached offense, right? After that first Going Badger nowhere. drive, once they got the ball back the second time, oh, it was like game goodness. over at that point. I mean, if they wanted to, if Brett was coaching that game, it would have won 75 to nothing. Because he had to put the foot down on that pedal. <laughs> he would have said the card goes oh, for 70 yeah. here. The Especially if Tim Brewster was on the opposite right. sideline. It might have been 100 to nothing. All right, so Bill and I talked about a little bit yesterday uh, about, since there wasn't much from the game itself, but what is the biggest takeaway uh, on the field, besides the fact that winning the Axe a 14th time and obviously they, they're undefeated and finished the regular season, but specifically about what you saw from players. Because for me, it was Alex Hornerbrook yes, and some absolutely. of the passes. Yeah. That one that he completed when he took the big hit was amazing. And the receivers. Yeah, definitely. And the young receivers, the triplets, right. how they continued to produce in the absence of the best wide receiver. That's mm-hmm. Quintez Cephas. I mean, I don't think there's any argument there. He's the best wide receiver Wisconsin has. He was lost at Indiana. And since then, we've seen... Kendrick Pryor all of a sudden emerged into our consciousness. Nobody knew anything about Kendrick Pryor. Maybe somebody did remember that he was the guy that got hurt in the scooter accident during training camp. Right. AJ, about that. Yeah. the other Taylor. How about the other Taylor not named Jonathan? A.J. Taylor. He's made some plays. Absolutely. And Danny Davis kind of caught our, 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 our eye early on because he was able to stretch a defense. He seems uh, to battle for the 50-50s better than anyone. So those three wide receivers... Now complimenting Troy Fumagalli, give you some targets. The, the biggest negative takeaway was losing Xander Neville. We're going to find out today the extent of his injury. Bradrick Shaw was also injured in the game. But Neville is so valuable to the team because of how the Badgers play their tight ends, multiple tight ends. He's by far their best blocker, um, and he's been showing some receiving ability. Now Kyle Penniston stepped up in the game, caught a touchdown pass. Yep. Uh, just You hate losing p- – Neville, if, if he's not available this week against a team like a physical defense like Ohio State. One other thing I took from it that uh, that left me feeling good moving forward with this team, Shaw is another one who got hurt. We don't know what his status is. We'll find that as well. But they got, what, six running backs in Saturday's game that all produced well, or Chris did something? James and Chris James was important That Saturday. was important, I thought. Yeah, yeah. they're going to they're gonna need some help for Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. That was fifth loss fumble of the year. I, I still insist that I would like to see him in New York for this Ceremony, the Heisman ceremony. He's not going to win it. I understand that, but just the experience, the exposure for JT and his numbers, I think, warrant that trip. His numbers compared to his freshman peers. Play a couple more games. Peers. Play a couple more games. I believe we'll see. seventh consecutive uh, Big Ten freshman I mean, of the week. We're talking about what AP and, and Bron Dane. That's as far as first year numbers. That's where he is. Goodness. Extremely consistent. That's pretty credible. Yeah, that has been amazing. We'll talk Aaron Rodgers with Tom Silverstein at 715. We'll talk Buckeyes. Both Buckeyes football, Buckeyes basketball. The voice of who else? The Buckeyes. Paul Keels at 730. Then Jeff Petrikas live from Atlanta. Yes, in Atlanta. That's where he is right now waiting for his next flight, his connecting flight. Jeff will give us an update on what he saw last night in Charlottesville. All that coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. When I say Barry Gordy, what do you think of? Motown. Motown! 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 Did you not get it, millennial who doesn't know no, anything about no the idea. 1960s or 70s? I understand Motown music. Yeah, I, okay. I get it. What, what have you, I, what you, you heard think? of Motown? Have yes. you ever heard of Barry Gordy? Uh, no. Uh, 
I read the book and saw the, man the movie. man with two first names? <laughs> There's a lot of men with first two first names. 88 years old today. Gordy Barry, Barry Gordy, either or. The movie, and I'm blanking on the name of the title of it, about, that was all about the backup musicians, the background musicians. Sounds like a played, great movie. They played on most all of these hits. Uh, for all the different artists, uh, there's a great uh, movie about that. I think he just mocked you. <laughs> he did. Wait, yeah. I'm, I you don't should pay bring attention. in the DVD for me, Rob. I, I, oh my gosh! I, I, that's because them, you know? what people don't know that are listening is I brought in the Rocky DVD for him to finally watch the movie. Probably won't watch it. Yeah, just like my other ones I've given you. Uh, Andrew Bogut, 33 years old today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The body of an 83-year-old. Number one overall pick, 2005. Who was number two? The Bucks could have taken who instead of Bogut. Can you remember? Uh, no. All right, so number two was Marvin Williams. Darren Williams was three. Chris Paul was four. Raymond Felton, five. There you go. (laughs) Update for you, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. That's the name of the movie. All right, sure. Mark it down. You want to segue to Randy Newman? Yeah, let's do it. 74 years old today. He had a handful of hits. This is for you. Right? I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it because I've heard this many a time in my lifetime, this song. Your wife says it every day. All the time. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. I love his song. I love L.A. I just hate it growing up a Celtics fan and hating the Lakers that they'd played after every Lakers victory. I was going to grab You've Got a Friend in Me. That was uh, you know, Toy Story. Uh, that, that's another, yeah, that's, that's another my generation one. right there. Yeah, he had some uh, huge hits that went on to uh, work for movies. Either of you guys ever hear of Paul Warfield? Paul yeah, Warfield. former wide receiver. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Sure. He's 75 years old today. I think his yards per reception still is number one all time in the NFL. 20.1 yards per catch, 85 touchdowns, Browns and Dolphins. Paul Warfield, I was former gonna Buckeye. Say, yeah, I was going to say the latter in that he must have run the most uh, not necessary pass patterns for the Miami Dolphins in history since they had Kick, Zonka, and Mercury yep. Morris and just ran the ball when he was playing there. Little River Band, Biba Bertles, B squared, 69. Oh, this is a good song. This then is. I'm not going to go with the joke. I'm not going to say that this song is for either one of you, like you guys did with short people for me. Nope. Not going to say it. Go ahead. Not going to say it. Because it's for you, It's Rob. a good song, though. I like it. Uh, are you familiar at all with the name Sixto Lescano? Yeah. Oh, yes. Of course. 64, 64 years old Great today. name. Twice Great name. hit Grand Slams on opening day. Find me another person who could make that claim. You won't in the history of the world. In the world. I was going to say Johnny Estrada just because he hit a million Grand Slams. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I've never looked at it. Uh, John Stewart. Ah. 55 today. Fan or no fan? Huge John fan. John Stewart. Love yeah. John Stewart. Yeah, Love big fan. Yeah. Went to Bill and Mary. Played soccer there. 
Did not know that. Yeah. There's a nugget There's I did not know player. that. Really? Yep. A sound garden. You want to c- conclude with Matt Cameron's 55th birthday today, Soundgarden? Yeah, we can get some Soundgarden in. I was going to play some Black Hole Sun, but it's a nice slow song, so I changed it up. Anna Nicole Smith would have been 50 today. That's it? 50 today. She died when she was 39. Wow. Still not Howard totally Mar- sure what Howard, she did, Howard Marshall? Was that the sugar daddy? That's her sugar daddy? Yeah. No the 90-something-year-old guy? Yeah. yeah. She Man, was the, do she was a 93 Playmate of the Year. There we go. And for four. you, Rob. Were you born yet, Millennial? I was, I was four. I was in college, or done with college. M-A-F. M-A-F is 33 today. M-A-F is 33 today. Goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, my boy, Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, there you go. Dude, okay, they're nice. having a killer season. Vegas is off to a ripping start. Three cup winners. Three hundred. He had 315 wins. 315 wins. That's pretty good, isn't it? And they yeah. still couldn't run him out of Pittsburgh fast enough. They just hated him. That is completely not it's true. Wrong couldn't respect well, the guy more. millennial fans. Love, when love Brian Posick joins us next, we'll talk about shorthanded basketball, not hockey. <laughs> yeah. Playing on the power play. Not in hockey, but in basketball. That's next on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's... Mike Lucas. And we have an all-star lineup just for you, just for this hour of the show, starting with Tom Silverstein in less than 15 minutes from the Milwaukee Journal Central to tell us about Aaron Rodgers' rehab from injury. Will he practice on Saturday? Oh, my goodness. After the throws he made before the game on Sunday night, 7.30, we'll talk with the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes for both football and basketball, Paul Keels. And then at 7.45, Jeff Patrikas on his way home from Charlottesville in the Atlanta airport. Uh, we'll get his take on what he saw or didn't see in that mud wrestling contest last night between Virginia and Wisconsin. Joining us yeah. now, Brian Posick. Grab me that copyright behind yeah, you, will you? Yeah, sure. Why not? What the heck? I'm a little bit out of practice doing this crap. Stab yourself. Uh, where are we? It's right next to his oh. path to nine wins for the Packers. Well, it's, still, it's, it's, it's still viable. <laughs> it's garbage. Especially with Rogers coming uh, back. Yeah. Uh-huh, um, yep. This segment is sponsored by On Ice Promotions, the area's leader in skill development. On Ice Promotions. Good morning. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, we want to talk power play, but not necessarily <laughs> hockey. But we need to get warmed up. We got to get into the mood here. We got a little Mike Lang. A little oh, Mike Lang. Do we? Castle again on the puck. Now to Latang. Takes it to a stick. Slap shot. Score! Chris Tang and Crosby team up. Crosby and Clark deflects it home. And the Pittsburgh Penguins win it in overtime here at the 248 mark. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. KDKA. Well, I mean, you have final. to sound like a penguin to do the Penguins games? Penguins beat the Flyers. Brian Elliott was... 
pretty good last night. He had 47 saves. That's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, he took the loss. Who's the hat, by the way, <clears> that you're wearing? You usually have a different college hat. This is huh? UW-Stevens point. That is point. Okay. I thought that was a Vikings hat for a second. Yeah, I was about to lose sure my either. mind. No, no. It like the only Vikings hat I wear is a Stoughton Vikings hat. That's it. All so right. the pointers is a mm-hmm. dog pointing in the right direction? Is that what that is? Wow. Hunter? You're okay. really like observant. Pointers. Well, You've heard of pointers before? I've heard Golly. of the pointers, but I guess I never put two yeah. and two together that that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, dogs? Learn something every day, don't you, Rob? I mean, I didn't know two and two equaled five. How would I know? There's not enough days in the year for you to learn everything Goodness. you need to learn. I can stand Did you miss point. him, Mike? You missed him, didn't oh, you? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. That's not right. I all. sent him a link to the podcast every day so oh, he yeah. could keep up yeah. with what was going yeah. on. You did. I'll have to look into yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, buzz games over the mm-hmm. weekend was Minnesota playing Alabama. Yeah. Uh, and it brought everybody's got everybody's attention only because of – the power play that Minnesota was on for almost 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. And that was the result of a little bit of a skirmish. Some two players faced off, and four guys came off the bench for Alabama. Yep. So they were kicked out of the game. Then another player got hurt. Another player fouled out. So Avery Johnson, who's the coach for Bama, mm-hmm. had three players. He went yeah. three versus five. Five, and, and actually played pretty well. And outscored the Gophers during that stretch, 30-22. Yeah, yeah. yeah, how about that? Minnesota still hung up for hung the win. One. Yes, yeah. But you yeah. deal with power plays and shorthanded mm-hmm. shifts all the time. Yeah. Avery Johnson was saying yesterday, that in practice he'll work three versus five def- for de- defensive Defen- pers- uh, yeah, precision, sure, yeah, yeah, and and moving your feet. Uh, I guess just covering gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, he felt in that it paid off a little bit when they they had put in that well, and the uncom- gopher, compromising the, position. Yeah, and the Gophers, you know, it's like they didn't know exactly what nah, to how do. You attack you, it. Yeah, you, you know, I guess if if, if I well, was Richard three, Bettino, yeah. you'd put two on one guy, two on another guy, and one on one guy. You know, you I mean, seem you, you would be able to get some good looks. They wouldn't get o- they wouldn't get over half court if I was playing against that team, right? Oh, Don't yeah. you think that would have been pretty simple? I was telling them both during the break that when you watch some of the highlights, the Gophers guys on the offensive end didn't know what to do because you're used to either taking a three-pointer yeah. or down in the paint you know, for yeah. a dunk or layup. Right. That's the only areas Alabama's covering, and they're leaving all mid-range jumpers yeah. open. And, and guys would catch them all the free throw, and they look around like, am I supposed to shoot this? <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> wide open. Wouldn't you just basically kick it to a wide-open three-pointer every time and then have the other four guys crash the boards for offensive well, yeah, rebounds? Like, yeah. wouldn't, that's well, what I would yeah, do. Exactly. This seems two, like two things right there that, yeah, defensively, yeah. you don't let them cross half court. You yeah, double-team two guys, 100%, right? Yep. Exactly, exactly. And then offensively, yeah, let somebody jack it up and crash the boards. It, it seems at times, easy. At times last night, the Badgers were playing one on five on oh the offensive end. They gracious. were. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you. They couldn't I mean, hit a bull eat, in the ass with a base fiddle well, last I mean, night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm uh, not familiar with that one. Let me write that down. Frank, Frank, old hockey term. Frank Underholzner, former Waukesha South basketball coach. Try that one with my wife Later, sometimes. Yeah, you could, wow. Yeah, huh? right, the thing about it is we had seen that same game yeah. like four years earlier. The roles were reversed, not last night. Wisconsin had more turnovers than fouls. Yeah. Okay, get, let that sink in. Well, they almost had as many turnovers as made field goals, Mike. They had yeah. 15 shots they hit. Well, my point turnovers. was that Virginia didn't shoot a free throw. No. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Amazing. True. Right. How many times do you win a game without shooting a free throw? For yeah. a defensive yeah. battle. It wasn't yeah. – it, they were right. clogging the paint. You'd right. think there'd be something right. in there. Yeah, I know. It's It was uh, – God, that was ugly to watch. Man, that was just – you know, the things, the concern, you know, if you're a Wisconsin fan, you know, Ethan Happ was 6 of 10. He got into a little bit of foul trouble. 
But, uh, you know, Dimitri Trice, 4 of 12, the only other player in double figures. And Davison, who's banged up, got yeah. a bad left wing. He was 2 Freshman for 10. Freshman struggled. Aleem Ford made a couple of shots but only took five, all from three-point range. But Khalil Iverson didn't attempt a shot no, in 11 minutes. He was out of it. Brevin Pritzel was 0 for 3 in 22 minutes or so. Uh, Kobe King, you know, 21 minutes, 1 for You can three. expect that out of the freshmen because sure, this sure. was their first true road game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right, yeah. in, a, in a tough environment no, against gosh, a yeah. really physical really team. In a good team, yeah. But they're just not getting any production out of their uh, junior class. We'll talk to no. Jeff Petrikas a little bit about that mm-hmm. 7.45. I don't think we asked you yesterday because the yeah. uh, Badger hockey team played Mercyhurst non-conference Correct. this past weekend. Correct. A split again. Uh, a tough right. loss in the opener and then bounced back with a win on Sunday evening mm-hmm. for the second one. What was your takeaway from that? Well, um, well, first off, Brandon Wilden, who was the goaltender for Mercyhurst, was, was just amazing. I mean, he was flopping all over the place, making stick saves, skate saves. I mean, he was really good. So the Badgers struggled to solve him. They, they eventually scored four goals on Sunday and got the win, but it's just been an inconsistent um, uh, play by by this club. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you don't see it or you haven't seen it yet back to back nights. Now against Michigan, they could have won both games. They right. were pretty good there. Against North Dakota, they could have won both games and and lost a game and tied a game. And it's very you know? comparable right now for both basketball and hockey because those non conference games yeah. are used to build your resume. No doubt, yeah. Okay. So you so you look at Wisconsin, which is now lost to Mercyhurst. Northern Michigan, which is a pretty good team, but St. Lawrence, which is 60th out of 60 Division One teams with one win, and that came against Wisconsin. St. Lawrence is 112 and one. That 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 loss is going to hurt Wisconsin significantly. Plus a road loss at Michigan State, which is not the greatest team in the world, although they play better than 500. Wisconsin tends to play better against the better teams, and I'm expecting that the Badgers will be pretty good this weekend Just, at Minnesota. And then again. It, it, yeah. Same for basketball. Margin of error. So yeah, small now right. for these teams if they want to be playing in the postseason. Yeah, the interesting thing is, too, out of 60 Division One teams, there are only six teams left in the country with three losses or fewer. I mean, some of the teams that were picked in the top 15 nationally when the season began from Harvard to Boston University to North Dakota, they've struggled as well. They haven't been all that consistent either, so it's really still kind of wide open. You tell Thanks, Mike Brian. who's working with you this weekend? Yeah. Oh, butthead. Oh, they right! They up in Minnesota Bob this Andrew weekend. So yeah. you can listen to Friday's game, right? On 1310 WIBA in Madison. I'll be in and, and I think yeah. you can listen, you know, on the Big 920 in Milwaukee. We'll have to give them a call. We're going head to head with the Big Ten Championship game Friday night or Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Ooh, yeah, that's Tony a tough Granado draw. said, hey, can we change the start yeah, time well, of that yeah, game? Tony, right? yeah, no, Tony loves the football team. Why don't you call Minnesota? Talk to their coach, Don Lucia, see if you can right. change we'll the start We'll talk some more tomorrow about it. Brian Posick, when we come back, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. Is he ready to practice? Tom Silverstein will let us know next on Lucas in the Morning. There's a protocol. There's, I would say targets are trying to hit each and every week. I think they're working. It's, it's segmented. A number one priority is, is to get them healthy. Practice is not something we're really focused on right now. Coach Mack, Mike McCarthy talking about, uh, yes, the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Tom Silverstein. Silverstein, good morning, Spoon. How are you? Good morning. Uh, well, decipher, read between the lines. What's this all mean? Could Rogers practice on Saturday? Well, it wouldn't make sense for them to start his, um, you know, to, to start the the window um, of two weeks on a Saturday, since you know that's like a short practice for them. Sure, more like a walkthrough. So my guess is if he's ready to practice, it would be the following week. It would be going uh, into the Cleveland game. So, and then he would have, well, he's still, it's still an eight week process, but he could 
he could probably practice for two weeks or whatever they need. So I'm not sure that McCarthy is saying he's definitely going to practice, but it's, you know, based on what you saw um, before the game at Pittsburgh, he's throwing the ball fine. I think the, the question will be, you know, when they scan his shoulder, whether it's healed or not. And as far as we know, um, we don't know whether they've actually done the scan. They've been waiting to do just one. You know, they're only going to do it once, a CAT scan, and then they figure out whether the bone is healed. So there's still a lot of, there's still some hurdles he's got to get over. One of those hurdles has nothing to do with him. It has to do with his team and what he could possibly come back to when and if he is healthy and ready. So coming off of Sunday's game, you had a game that very few, if anyone, gave them even a chance to be in the game. There they were with a chance to win it, but it's still a loss, even though there's lots of impressive things that Hunley and some other players did. So it's kind of like a mixed bag of emotions, it feels like. What's your takeaway from that? Because ultimately it still is another loss that gives them another obstacle to try to clear. Yeah, I mean, what it what it does is the margin for error is zero. So they have to win all five remaining games. And, you know, it, it's against some pretty tough teams at the end. The last three teams, I think the combined record is 23-10. and 10. And two of those games are on the road um, against they're all playoff contenders. And you're talking about winning at Carolina coming home and playing Minnesota, and then winning at Detroit. It's not impossible, but like I said, the margin for error is zero, and you assume you're going to need Rodgers back for those games, probably those last three games. Whether they have him for Carolina, I think, is kind of doubtful. So if they can beat Tampa and can beat Cleveland, then they're going to have to figure out a way to, to win at Carolina, and then maybe they have Rodgers back for the last two games. So why is McCarthy being so stubborn about his decision to kick that long field goal? Why can't he just say, yeah, I was, that's my bad. I, I should have punted. Why can't he say I, that? that? That's a good question. You know, um, a number of us from the media corps were talking about that yesterday. And, you know, it's possible he just doesn't want to look week, you know, to either his players or to the public, uh, but it clearly was a bad decision, and or at the very least, a questionable decision, and uh, it, it, it does go in line with his ultra-aggressiveness and his thought that they're going to go on the road and, and give it everything they had, but you know, it also is like, well, if you're that aggressive, why didn't you go for two uh, when they when they tied up the game, you know, and had a chance to finish them no, off? That's so, a good point. I don't know. I, I just, that's not a field goal friendly stadium either to try the no, length of that it's field not. goal. And you know, you do have a really good kicker, and you know, their their guy hit it from 53 with plenty of distance. So it was possible, and Crosby needs to hit that. But it's still, you have to consider the odds, and you have to consider what happens if he misses. Yeah, the, which the, is that you just turn all the momentum around that you had built with a touchdown and an interception. Right, you're protecting so, a, a lead. You're not trying to win a game on the final play like their kicker was. You're protecting a lead, so field position should have been the number one priority, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't get it. 
One of the things that I heard uh, late in the broadcast on Sunday night out of Chris Collinsworth that caught my attention, and I thought it was a bit crazy at the time, and then I heard somebody else uh, yesterday, another national football analyst, say the same thing uh, in regards to Brett Hundley's uh, performance, which which was good. There were a lot of great things about it, but had made the comment that didn't think Aaron Rodgers could have done it any better than what Brett Hundley did. And then I went back to immediately thinking about, well, the sack that he took late in the game that ended up being a helmet-on-helmet yeah. helmet hit by by Watt. A, a couple other sacks in key situations right before that long field goal attempt where it's debatable whether McCarthy should have tried it or not. Took a sack that you really can't afford to take there. That there were some of those plays where I thought, maybe a young Aaron Rodgers makes that mistake. Aaron Rodgers of now doesn't make that mistake. So uh, while not perfect, I mean, Hundley had a great performance. I don't want to take anything away from that. But there's certainly still room for improvement and things he needs to do better there. Is that, is that not correct? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He he did not play a flawless game. He had a he had a he made some really big plays, which he hadn't been making previously. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. He limited his errors. You know, his decision making was better. But no, by no means was it a a perfect game. And the thing about it is it's just one game. You know, you can't assume that he's going to play like that every single game. So now he has to he has to build on that performance this week and then continue to build on it. But you know he hasn't shown the consistency that he can play that well every game, and so that's that's the key. He has to he has to continue to progress, and we'll see how how it you know what kind of confidence he comes with in this next game. But he's got to continue to make good decisions and and better decisions. When you were a tag team partner with Bob McGinn, did you guys ever have skirmishes like Tlaib and Crabtree in the press box? (laughs) And who wore the helmet? Every single day. I won them all. Did you win them all? I just wanted to go on the record of that. Psychologically, I won them physically. So on a scale of one to ten of idiots, where would you put Tlaib and Crabtree? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think it was Crabtree whose helmet was off, right? Yeah, anybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When they were swinging. So, so he'd be your bigger yeah, idiot. Yeah, you no question. I, I agree you with you. You never take a swing at a guy with a helmet on, you know. But anyway, it was it was entertaining. So I did say that. So to get back to that. I don't get a chance to watch MMA very often. No. So, <laughs> so did McGinn pull off your chain or did you pull off his? <laughs> Which was it? Well, we all know that I wear multiple jeans. Yeah, it's a boy. That a boy. I had another one left. After Good that. for you. We'll talk again on Thursday. Thank you. Okay. See ya.
Thanks, Tom. That's his Mr. T starter set that oh, he likes yeah, to wear I'm in sure. the booth. I'm sure. All right. What should we know about the Buckeyes in both football and basketball? Well, let's go to the source. The voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels, joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. First and 10, Ohio State at their 25. Barrett gets the snap, fakes the handoff. Barrett looks, throws middle of the field. Wide open ball, 10-5 touchdown. Marcus Ball on a 25-yard pass play from J.T. Barrett. And Ohio State within one of tying the game. They trail 14-13. That was the golden voice of the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels, who joins us now. Good morning, Paul. How you doing? Good morning, Mike. How was beautiful Charlotte? Oh, yes. I love watching mud wrestling. Uh, it's uh, so entertaining. Yes, sirree. Yeah, I saw that game just four years ago, me and Matt did. We had got a chance to reprise that effort, only with different roles played by both Virginia and Wisconsin. So enough of that. Let's, um, yes. let's move on to uh, Ohio State-Wisconsin <clears throat> football, and we will talk basketball as well. Uh What's your expectation for, for Barrett and Haskins? Will we see both quarterbacks potentially on Saturday? You know, I don't know, and and I would be honestly surprised. I think if Barrett is healthy and able to go, and, and Urban Meyer said yesterday he's probable, I think it's still going to be JT Barrett, and Haskins would be um, you know only in a case of either injury or really horrible performance. Uh, so much has been invested in JT Barrett. He's given so much to this program. He's shown the ability to play through in the Penn State game, being a perfect example, play through difficult times and make the plays that, that need to be made. I actually did it Saturday with a team down 14 nothing, made a big key run for a touchdown that kind of swung the momentum a little bit. So if he's healthy, uh, then I, I think it's still going to be kind of the same plan. The difference, Mike, I think is there's a little more of a comfort factor with Haskins in a tight situation if they have to go there. Can you update us on the situation that happened on Saturday that that uh, brought the injury to Barrett along the sidelines, whether we're calling it sideline gate or photo gate, that at first had Urban Meyer calling out the National Guard for an investigation and now seems to be walked back just a little bit on that? Where is that at this point? Do we know exactly what happened to him? I, I wish I could give you more information. Uh, the, what came out yesterday from uh, Gene Smith, the uh, director of athletics, is that the issue is kind of a done issue right now, and it's not going anyplace else. Um, what apparently happened was after the opening kickoff, and while Michigan had the ball, while Barrett was working on the sidelines just throwing and staying loose, that he was inadvertently bumped into by somebody with some sort of a camera, and it aggravated a meniscus problem that he's apparently been dealing with for a while. And what it, what it is is apparently the knee or the meniscus or whatever it is, he gets out of killer and locks up. And he's able to get it back in place himself. Um, but that aggravated it. He played through it. And then there was a play in which, you know, he sustained an aggravation to the injury and went out of the game. Um, as you guys may know, that sideline in Ann Arbor and especially around the bench area is very tight, especially for a game like that with a lot of people, whether it's, you know, credentialed media, whether it's alumni, whether it's recruits, whatever it is, it's a crowded, crowded area. Uh, and so I think what's going to come out of all of it is hopefully what's going to come out of it is the Big Ten and and the schools involved will look at seeing what they can do with uh, enforcing some sort of protective box around the team and around his bench. We're talking with Paul Keels, the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. How good is Ohio State's defense? I mean, we've seen some really good ones over the past few years, and I guess because we're talking defense, would there be any distraction this week for Greg Schiano because his name is everywhere? 
I, I don't think so. Um, but I think, Mike, the defense is, is really good. I don't know if it's as good as the one in 14. Um, I don't know if their secondary is as good as the secondary they had last year. But the secondary has got better, uh, gotten better. Excuse me. We saw in week one with Indiana uh, that their pass defense uh, had some holes in it. But, you know, they also lost three guys that are playing in the NFL now. Um, that, that defensive line is really the strength of the football team, you know, with the, with the ability to rotate eight and even more people in there. The linebacking group kind of had to grow a little bit, and then they've been adjusted because of injury to where Chris Worley was playing in the middle. He's now playing outside with Tough Borland in the middle. Jerome Baker uh, has shown that he can be a big play type of player. So I think that that defense has the ability to be really good, um, and they've shown that against some of the lesser opponents. What they're going to do against the Badgers is, is a whole different thing. There are those who will think of this matchup and immediately flashback to the last time they played in the Big Ten Championship game where Ohio State ran all over the Badgers and won 59 to nothing, doing anything they wanted to on offense. But there are others who think back to the two more recent matchups at Camp Randall, an overtime game and one that Urban Meyer, I believe, said after the game on the field in his interview, called it an all-timer, and he certainly coached in a lot of great games. We know that Michigan is Ohio State's biggest rival and what that all means. What's the perception both from the fan base and of the Ohio State program, especially Urban Meyer, of the Wisconsin Badgers this year and as a whole when they're matchups with them? It's a rivalry that I think people are disappointed is not every year because of the divisional alignment. I think if you think of some of the games that have occurred, you know, you mentioned the two overtime games at Camp Randall. You think about, uh, you know, the, the games in Columbus uh, with Barry Alvarez and John Cooper. Where Wisconsin came, I think, in each game from 14 or 17 down to win. Uh, it's just a shame that we don't get to see it played every year. Um, you know, I think the fact that Wisconsin uh, recruits in the state of Ohio adds a nice little storyline to all of that. Um, but I think because you've seen good players, good coaches, tight games, uh, what I think the stat I saw is what the last five or seven games have been decided, you know, by single digits or something like that. Um, I, I think people view it as, I mean, the Michigan rivalry is going to have a life all into itself. But the Wisconsin rivalry, I think, is still held in very high regard because they've been high-stakes games, and they've been games that have been very tightly contested in most cases. Paul, is it similar to two years ago in that is there any sentiment that if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, that in order to win an argument with Alabama, there has to be some style points associated with it? Yeah, I, that I'm not sure about, Mike. I think you could make that argument, but I think that the, the, the understanding from rational people around here is you can't even have a discussion about being in consideration unless you beat Wisconsin. Uh, You know, the thing that Ohio State quantitatively has to overcome is their loss at Iowa. That loss hangs around their neck like an angry girlfriend, uh, (laughs) giving up 55 points to a team that the two weeks after uh, against Wisconsin and against Purdue didn't look anywhere close to the same team. Uh, So I think, you know, style points, yeah, maybe if you think a little further about it, Mike, maybe so. Uh, but I think that everybody that's realistic in looking at this understands that even if Ohio State were fortunate enough to win, they still can't rest comfortably that they might possibly get into the playoffs. One final thought very quickly. What are the Badger fans going to see out of the Buckeyes in basketball here at the Kohl Center on Saturday? You know, a mix of experience and youth, a team that, that, that struggles in backcourt play. Uh, they've really had only one scholarship point guard before Andrew Dockage checked in, but a team that'll be fun to watch, and you'll see what kind of a difference Kata Bates Diop makes to this team. Good enough. We'll see you in Indy. Thanks, Paul. You got it. Take care. Thanks, Paul. Paul Keels, the voice of the Buckeyes. When we come back, we'll talk with Jeff Patrika somewhere roaming about the Atlanta airport <laughs> as we speak. That's next on Lucas in the Morning. 
can't uh, fault the effort. I thought we battled for the most part. Our effort was terrific. Obviously, you got to make shots, and uh, that we had some open ones early. We missed some open ones. Uh, I thought we still battled back at the end of the first half there to to get it within four. But you, it's hard when you battle and battle and battle, give up a second shot, and then they're able to work a little more clock, and then you're having a hard time offensively. Wisconsin coach Greg Gard joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Jeff Patrikas. Good morning. How are you? I am fantastic this morning, as always. How are did, you guys? Did you sleep at all? They rerouted you through Atlanta. I'm sure you're pleased with that. Uh, I got about 85 minutes of sleep last night, so I'm ready to go. Good, good. All right, so how would you describe that arm wrestling match that we saw? Oh, good. Well, we've seen it before, just, what, it was 48-38 a few years ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that this Wisconsin team struggled to score against Tony Bennett's defensive team, and it's just you, you knew it was going to be a struggle. You just didn't know if they'd hit some shots. And Greg was right; they had some looks early. Brad Davison, who had been shooting well in you know this season, couldn't hit anything. Um, and this was before he he hurt, got hurt again. Um, and they were over six, I think, initially from three point range. You didn't get anything from Iverson, which you can't have. He, he's got to be a factor in the game, whether it's on defense or scoring. And he was a factor in neither, and that's why we only played 11 minutes. So they just didn't have enough guys putting the ball in the hoop, and, and the second chance points were only six, but they allowed Virginia to basically grind the clock down. And then you had, what, 10 turnovers and 30 possessions in the second half. You're not going to beat anybody playing that kind of ball. Jeff, we've already seen uh, this young season Greg Gard go with some changes to his, his starting lineup rotation, some different guys, whether it's Van Vliet out, uh, Reavers in, uh, different things with the rotation. What has been, I'm sure each guy has maybe a different set of issues, but what has been the biggest challenge with those guys has been offense, defense, getting the system as to whether they're going to get much playing time right now? Which guys? You, you those guys that I just mentioned, Van Vliet, Reavers, uh, any of those guys that well, have come Reavers in and out. Reavers played a lot last night. Right, he, he's fine. I mean, he Reavers. The only thing Reavers hasn't done since he's gotten in the lineup is make a shot. Right, but he he competes, and and that's the reason he's playing versus Van Vliet. He's competing hard. I mean, he drew two charges last night, and he took one time. He just got run over by a truck, and he didn't care. He took the charge and got up. So he's fine. I mean, the the reason certain guys aren't playing. Van Vliet doesn't compete hard enough, okay? I mean, that's why he didn't play at all. Now, Charlie Thomas played a little bit last night. and didn't. Uh, Pritzel was, made a couple, you know, hustle plays in that, but didn't hit a shot, and he wasn't a factor. So it's you got to compete. you got to defend. And if your role is to defend and rebound, you got to do it. You don't need to score if that's, if, if that's not your role. If you get some open shots, you got to hit them if that's your role. So it varies from individual, you know, one player to the next. What kind of challenge do they now face with back-to-back Big Ten games against, I'm going to put quotes around them, winnable Big Ten games against Ohio State and Penn State? Oh, you've got to win these two because there are certain games, as you look down the road, when you go to um, Michigan State, for example, when you host Minnesota, that you think those are going to be really, really difficult to steal. Now, Ohio State's had its issues. Penn State's got Penn State's going to have a deeper, more experienced, talented team when you go to Happy Valley, except there might be 25 people in the stands, so there's not going to be a huge home court edge. So you got to hit some shots, and you got their, their defense was okay last night. Iverson struggled early, and that and that really hurt his productivity. Um, but their defense was decent enough. It's just 
you got to score. All right, so we're talking about these negatives and these negative issues and having lost four or five. What's a positive? What's one positive that you've seen in at least the last couple games or playing all these ranked teams that they have, whether it's an individual or as a team, that they can try to build on moving forward to get those wins that they need? Well, they've lost to four ranked teams. The first three, they were in the game until the closing minutes. I mean, in the closing minutes. Last night was the first time they weren't. That's because they couldn't score. I mean, they were down four at half, and they had shot just poorly and were very inefficient offensively, but their defense helped keep them in the game. So they've got the potential to hang with some teams. I'll be curious to see whether or not when they play in Ohio State or they play a Penn State or they play teams that are probably on their level right now, when we're talking late November, early December, whether or not they can finish games down the stretch. That's going to be the key to winning some of those, quote-unquote, winnable games. If you're in them, who's going to make a play down the stretch, whether it's a freshman, uh, whether it's Hap, whether it's Trice? Those are, the, those are the games where you've got to make winning plays down the stretch. Otherwise, it's going to be a really long year. Now, when we talk on Thursday, we're going to take a more in-depth look at the matchup between Ohio State and Wisconsin and football. But give us a little snippet on how you think the Badgers match up with the Buckeyes on both sides of the ball. Well, first of all, I think they're going to, Wisconsin's going to win. I'm picking Wisconsin to win. Let's get Ooh. that out there. Um, I, think, I think Wisconsin's offensive line is better than it was a year ago when they faced Ohio State. And that offensive line was able to run the ball pretty effectively. So I think they've got that opportunity there to run the ball. I think the key is going to be, can they protect Hornibrook, whether it's in obvious passing situations or play action? Because there were some plays last year where that offensive line just was overwhelmed in pass protection. And then to me, defensively, how do they hold up against Ohio State's running game? And how does Kevin Wilson, does he, does he feed the tailbacks? Because sometimes he forgets that he has two really good tailbacks, and he, they depend a lot on JT Barrett's run. And remember, Barrett got hurt running the ball or tweaked his knee again, retweaked it, whatever, however they want to describe it, against Michigan, Michigan by running the ball. Um, so I think Wisconsin can hold Ohio State's defense, excuse me, offense in check relatively well. That's a high-scoring offense. I think Wisconsin can make some plays against that defense. I don't think that defense is as good as it was a year ago, not at the linebacker level and not in the back end. I think for some people hearing you make that prediction of, of the Badgers winning and doing it so quickly and right away here, even though the Buckeyes are a six-and-a-half-point favorite, might catch their attention. Is that more to do with something season as a whole or developments over the last week or two that's got you leading that way? I think Wisconsin's a better team than it was a year ago, and I don't think Ohio State's as good as a team as it was a year ago. And that was a winnable game for Wisconsin. Remember, it was 16-6 to at one point. It probably should have been 20-6 to at, at worst, maybe even 24-6 had they capitalized on some chances. And I think they're a better offensive team than they were a year ago. Jeff, thank you. We'll talk more about strengths and weaknesses between the Buckeyes and the Badgers on Thursday. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. If you get home by Thursday, yeah. <laughs> He's always, still in Atlanta. always a factor. Last call next. Lucas in the morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Last call. The college football playoff selection committee will announce its rankings. Where do you have the Badgers tonight? I put them in at number four, though it could be flipped with number three, Auburn. I could see that as easily. Uh, I'd go with four. You'd go with four? Yeah, I'd go with I four. I hear more and more people putting them at three, and if you're a Badger fan, Jonathan Vilma is your ESPN guy. He's the one guy putting them at number one. Now, in fairness, on Sunday, Paul Feinbaum and Booger, McFarland both were still anti-Wisconsin, but since then they've whistled a different tune and they both 
uh, agree that Wisconsin deserves to be in the Final Four in this ranking, and that'll be up to the Badgers to settle the issue with the Buckeyes on Saturday. And if you don't believe that they're on board with this um, controversy, discussion, making for good for the sport, all the headlines and storylines and topics were about how Ohio State can get in and ruin it for Bama. Right. So assuming that Ohio State would win and then Bama and would be left would, out. That and that's would, the conversation. That would be a classic argument, too. A one-loss Alabama team versus a two-loss Ohio State Big Ten champion team. Especially the way they tweaked the rules since last year to avoid a team like Ohio State getting into the Final Four without having won the league championship. Hard-pressed to find many Badgers cases. Badgers can eliminate that conversation. <laughs> right. You don't have to have that talk. An undefeated team ranked in the top four in the country, and they're an underdog going into Tomorrow the championship. So I will talk game. about those rankings, the matchups between the Badgers and the Buckeyes with Andy Baggett, J.P. Cadorn. We'll also get Rob's take on Harry and Megan. I've got it. Engagement. Don't have time for it. Oh, I'll have to okay. save it until tomorrow. All Thanks right. for listening to Lucas in the Morning. Dan Patrick is next. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.